Hello, I'm Isabellen, and it's season two. This season, I'm doing these things different, or the same, or who knows. But there's bound to be adult content and adult subjects, so watch for the show titles and be prepared for pretty much anything. Welcome. Chapter two, Bradana. I wanted to sew clothes. Reading from my work in progress, caught, balancing magic. Feet braced evenly apart, Bradana moved her knees, swaying her hips lazily to the sound of the music. She kept the movement simple. Jack paid her just enough money to eat with. There was no one in the pub room tonight worth more than the copper bits worth more than copper bits to find their way into Jack's hands, and not her purse. They all wanted her, but she'd learn early not to sell up, settle for local blicks. The men rolling square bones and shoveling oodle bowls of meat and grain into their mouths, they all knew that. One of them, just one, was single. He would get some property some day. The other two were his uncle and father, reputed to share a wife and one household. Single women were rare. The boy was older than Berdana, but she knew he had no life experience. He could be trained well enough if she got him away from the other two. This town had three times as many null males and fema- as females. The men were all low-grade farmers, former former ilium miners or some other breed of dirty-handed village blick. Any male of potential, void of magic or not, ended up in the city somewhere. Any city. Little Indio was on the edge of nowhere. Only the dregs of humanity. <laughs> when you're reading your own work, there's lots of room for mistake. Plus, I am not a professional. I'm hoping you guys can hear me okay. I was just, I'm reading and thinking at the same time. Anybody else do that? Um, I'm reading and thinking at the same time, and I'm not sure. I'm just hoping, okay, I have my Bluetooth off. This town had as many, no, had three times as many no males as females. The men were all low-grade farmers, former ilium miners, and some other breed of dirty-handed blick. Any male of potential, void of magic or not, ended up in the city somewhere. Any city. Little Indio was on the edge of nowhere, where only the dregs of humanity lived. If Brudana wanted to be more than a farm wife or a pleasure dancer, she'd have to get out of this village. The boy looked up from his food, and Brudana gave him a teasing hip roll that made her skirt squish and her blousy top sway softly. The white skin of her belly winked at him. He looked back at his food, blushing. Next to him, his older uncle saw the move, glanced at Berdana, and gave her a thick-lipped grin before punching the younger man hard on the shoulder. She could hear the surprised oof over the music. This was one of her favorite skirts. It was nice to be seen in it, even if no one cared how hard she'd worked for it. She traded for the bright crimson thread to sew into the panels of the underskirt and dyed the lighter outer skirt her favorite purple. She outsewed every other woman in the village. But without a husband protector or parents, they'd never admit she could do any better. 
they'd die before offering to pay for her skill. In their jealousy, some of them even accused her of using mage magic instead of skill to do the work. Stupid gnolls! A witch could do nothing with her inner light if there wasn't a mage around capable of pulling it and shaping it, and a female void was nothing but a mage-compatible toy. Her mother taught her to sew, encouraged Bradonna's nimble fingers for something pretty and practical. The lesson didn't save the girl from her womanhood, as mother hoped. With no magic other than a dried-up bloodline and a gift for needlework, Bradonna's mother still had enough shine to pull a mage's attention. The high proctor's trained squibbles were relentless. No one was safe from the patrols in the Unifier's consortium. They'd taken Bradonna's mother and marked her child, her daughter, to be tested. When they came from her, Bradonna failed their tests. She was listed in their books as a void. Her father, a rascal of a man, paid them off and they left her behind. She'd never miss that ye little yellow-haired troll. At least her mother tried, but in the end, both her parents failed her, leaving Bradonna strangled, leaving Bradonna stranded in the intangible space of being neither witch or knoll. No one wanted people like her in the balance. Knolls didn't trust them, and the High Proctor didn't want them mucking up his mission to unify. Bradonna knew she could be more if she could just get to a city with some silver in her pocket to smooth the way. If she could just find a proper protector, she knew she had it in her to be more. They should have taken her, put her in one of those city families where there was so much gold to go around that women wore ornaments of it draped in their hair and rubbed the dust on their skin. The only dust in her town of New Indio was the bug dust farm wives rubbed on their cheeks and chests to cover the dirt and mud. She glanced at Jack as he left the kitchen, carrying a big fat pot of new grain to boil on the central hearth. Put together in pre-war times, probably before Knowles outnumbered mages when farmers knew how to live without Ilium to power their plows, Jack's old place was one of the most practical buildings in town. Bradonna wished she could live there all the time. His fireplace was cooked where he cooked the udo was a huge old thing in the center of the room. It didn't require energy, a witch, or any kind of outside source to power it. This kind of place was better than the apartment she had to share with her stepsister. Constructed for alien miners, that temporary structure had neither locks or lights unless there was something to power them. The lack of magic for power resulted in a badly constructed two-level crap house that hadn't worked for years. Jack passed her on the way back to his bar, giving her big cow eyes. He was not an attractive man, but he did have long eyelashes. The sweeping fans were just silly on a male his size. He didn't think it was funny when she told him so. Jack was getting too possessive for his own good, but as a man, he had more power in Little Indio than Bradonna ever would. 
As her employer, he was the closest thing to a protector that she could get without a uniting ceremony. She gave him a false smile, restraining the certainty behind her teeth that he was going to mess everything up for her with his stupidity and greed. Sky save her from idiots. She was surrounded by them day and night. They were easy to manage until the point she asked them to help her and Annika to the city. Jack especially wanted them both to stay. Berdana would get to play his hearth bride, and her stepsister would take Berdana's place, servicing customers from her back instead of in the kitchen. They could sell Annika's virginity when she came of age, Jack said. She's a lumpy mess, but wash her up and someone would want her. You'd be mine and we'd have silver to spend. Jack didn't know his place in the world at all. How dare he come up with this idea on his own, as if he had a right, daring to think she'd allow it? You can't. She's my sister. Wouldn't be right. I need to find her a proper husband so she can have a better life. How could you be my husband if you would use my own sister like that? For your own greed? How dare you? You should help us. Jack gave up on the idea. But Bradonna had to find a way to get out of this place and back to the city where she was born. Jack had no clue what value her stepsister Annika really had. The door to the pub opened from the other end of the room, the cool outside air rushing in. Everyone looked up to see, including Jack, the mayor. Head covered with his official hat of office, paused, taking in the room before he rushed over to Jack. Jack greeted the smaller man, his voice booming too loud. The three in the corner raised their mugs. The band let their music swell. One thick arm around the smaller man's shoulder, Jack led him away. Bradonna thought Jack looked as sneaky as a lumbering bear. But nobody cared anyways. This town knew its place. Everyone kept their heads down. Something was up between the two men. Bradonna knew it. Leaving her spot, she danced shimmied across the room to intercept the mayor. Jack, when Jack asked Bradonna about Annika's age, she reduced the number to give her time. She thought she'd have time. But this place ate the months away before Bradonna noticed. Even though she'd lied about the brat's age, time was catching up with them both. Jack might be getting impatient give away the truth. Any number of stupid things could happen every time he got to boasting to another man. Pulling the mayor up to the bar, Jack rounded the edge by the kitchen to get the man a drink. One of the hired women already had a brew poured, handing it to Jack. He said, go and take him off to the toilet box now. Get it cleaned up. I'm tired of you leaving before it's done. I said I'd do it later, the woman answered. She tried to lean forward, showing off her exposed cleavage. The mayor loved to tuck a copper when he got the chance. Wasn't a woman in town who didn't know it. And I said you do it now, Janice. Jack's voice lowered a notch in warning. She didn't flinch, indifferent. Bradonna knew Jack couldn't afford to hit the other woman. He had no tolerance for working with men, and there were few women left around to do the serving and the cleaning. 
I'll do it now, but not again tomorrow. Men around here are blind after drinking your stuff, Jack. They couldn't shoot in a piss pot if someone held it over their peckers, and you know it, she said. I know it, Jack laughed proud. He passed the drink to the mayor, who took it in his hands as if it were precious. Bradonna draped herself over the mayor's shoulders. He gave her a wobbly smile and leaned in to sniff her hair. Hello, girl. Hello, sir, she said with a bright smile. He'd paid her for her time more than once and would assume she was happy to see him, greedy for more of that attention. Jack nodded. So, tell me then. Bradonna kissed the mayor's bearded cheek, hiding her smug grin. Jack was a fool and that always worked in her favor. Well then, you said you wanted to know when the bounty hunter was back. The spit is back again. He'd been coming in a different way, don't you know? Coming into my town, bold as you please. One of them old roads, using the wood. What a freak. Can you imagine? I wouldn't go into the wood to save my life. You bet I wouldn't. But people saw him and his crew ride down the main road last night. Did you hear them, the machines of his? He's working for the consortium then. No one goes around like that if they don't have a pass. And we got nothing left here. Nothing to fear. Jack's forehead bunched up in a worried frown, despite his words. He's working for whoever he pleases, the mayor said. The miller said he had a woman with him, a witch. A pretty, shiny piece of sweet sugar sitting right there in the open, riding in front of him. How is he getting away with that? Told you, said Jack. Must be a hired man. You sure he is a spit? He doesn't look like a spit. Looks like a landed man, same as you and me. Muscle and wood. Last time he was in my place, I saw no woman. He is not a knoll. No, he is not. Not a void. How would he power them bikes? He don't look that rich. And that witch, I know how he looks. Them looks a lie. He's some kind of magicker using witches. Why would he bring something so pretty in here with all these hungry bastards? And no patrol at his back? No one taking him down off that high and mighty? Has to be a spit. Mage crap. Who can do that but a mage? The mayor didn't hold back his feelings about magickers. Every word come out laced with so much disgust that he spat them. Bradonna listened closely. What's this? A mage with the ability to keep a witch out of the city was not normal. There were some that said it was against the law for a woman's own safety. But as far as Bradonna knew, no actual laws had been passed yet. They must be talking about Calix, the bounty hunter. Was he a real mage? Would he be willing to help Bradonna? He could be her ticket out of here. She'd seen him, too, when he'd come into the pub after she first started working here. Jack was right. He looked like a knoll, acted like a knoll. His two men had coaxed her upstairs to her closet. Smiles first, one after the other. They knew what they were doing and wore her out. But the hunter didn't leave his table. He was big and dangerous in a way that simultaneously made Bradonna's small parts take notice and the hair raise on the back of her nets, neck. 
too intelligent, attractive, and very unpredictable. She'd been better at managing the two with him. The mayor took a little sip of his drink and kept on complaining. How can it be legal for that man to have sugar out of the city walls? How? Any city walls? Diorto? Yasidio? Perdane? Does, how does he get the break? How does he get to break the law like that? What kind of friends does he have that he can ride those hummers through my town? My town, with sugar in his lap and not a care in the world. Why is he coming here? Jack grunted. That's right, my friend. Mm-hmm, that's right. We have nothing here. The mayor nodded vigorously as if Jack had said something of great intelligence. Our Ilium is gone. Fiends like him's hoarded it or poisoned it so the landed couldn't use it proper. Everyone knows that. Now half our lands are cursed or haunted. They forced that war on us, and now we can barely scrape together two croppers. Why come here? Where'd he go? Perdona asked, since Jack said nothing. The mayor took a long drink of his ale. Pressed up against his side, she could feel the stuff sinking into the mayor's system, tension along his body loosening. It didn't take much. Did you hear, girl? The wood. He drives to the edge of town, past the refinery, right on past the Califera harvesters, and into the evil old wood. Wish the proctor would send the correctors and cut the down th damn thing down. They tried, Jack frowned. Bradonna hadn't been here then, but she'd heard stories. The proctor's armies, the correctors, had a terrible reputation. They also had all the power. She could soften at least one of them, if they ever came back. But little Ben Indio had been abandoned by the proctor, and for the most part, his consortorium. No one of any importance came here. It was why her father had chosen this place to live. He said life would be better out of the city. It was the only lie he ever told her, but it was the only one she hated him most for. I think he's got more than one, don't you know? Didn't somebody say he takes whatever he wants when he's on a hunt? How can he get away with that shit? The mayor drank more oil. He was a pro-drinker. but The mayor drank more ale. He was a pro-drinker. Berdana gave him the space to take a couple of deep breaths after, perspiration dotting his brow. But he didn't have any more trouble than that. She knew in about ten minutes he'd be too drunk to give her any actual information. One what? Jack asked. Which? I heard he'd take them when he goes to collect his bounties. Why does he get to keep them witches? He's not a mayor. He's not a good old boy like you either. He's pure magical trash. Pure magicer trash. <laughs> yeah, you said trash. He bring any trouble with him? You sure he's free of the patrols? No one notice, no notices of an inspection? No one after his suite? Jack asked. Berdana knew he was worried. Jack had his own secrets. Sure as can be. 
There are road checks on every road now. Didn't I tell you? I thought I told you. Uh, I know you never leave your bar. You're a good old man like that, old Jack. But I had to pass through them last time I went to see my brother. Bredonna remembered. Even after the war, there hadn't been roadblocks or trackers. She'd come to Little India with her father down an open road. But news from the city said rebels were hiding Ilian and witches. Blocks were for everyone's benefit. If I didn't have his letter, I'd have to turn around. Can you imagine? Magic or trouble again. And I know for sure that a person can't get past him unless he can fly. You think that's what he did? Use that witch to give him sky power? Wouldn't that be a sight? No witches like that anymore, Jack said. Maybe in the cities? Not here. Sure of that. Didn't you say he has men with him? Did they have witches too? I've never seen a proper witch. Was she pretty? Jack gave Bredonna a side eye. He told her he thought she was as beautiful as a witch. Was he trying to make her jealous? Bredonna had seen witches. The native-born standouts. The native-born stood out like sunshine in a jar. The last time the patrol came through here, you know they took more than sugar. The mayor was in full wine now. They won't let me do any proper policing, won't let me hold a judgment circle, won't let me do nothing but collect taxes and debts. They take what they want, even after I'd done the collecting, and from who they want. The mayor took what he wanted after becoming mayor, until the patrols took it from him. Jack nodded. He had a storage area he kept secret from the patrol. Every few months he set aside half his brew for them, just in case they came through, and put it where they'd see it. The rest he hid, including anything he thought was valuable. He'd let Berdana hide there. You don't owe no debts, Mayor, so nothing to fear. And neither do you, Jack. We're all safe, Berdana said soothingly. Girl, how can we be safe from someone who isn't afraid of the patrol, who has that woo-woo and real witch power with him, who has the kind of machines this man has? I don't like what the proctor has done. Lost his lost family to his conscription, I have, like everyone else. But you know what? You know his right. he's right about the energy. Them filthy spits hoarded it and killed the world. Bredonna had to hide her face in her hair and bite her tongue. The man complained about the government that made him afraid in his own house, stripped him of its authority, and drained the town of natural resources down to the women and daughters who brought forth the next generation. And yet, he still praised them for the reason they did it all. She knew who her enemies were. Everyone. Everyone. And she'd do anything to find a place where she could finally be safe. I recorded that while live streaming to TikTok. I'm not sure if I said or not. Um, let me know if this chapter makes sense. There are a couple sentence structure problems I know that I'm really going to have to try and focus. But as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, this doesn't make as much sense as I thought it did. Is it? Is it coming together? Uh, yeah, let me know. I would love your feedback. Um, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you listening to me. I'm going to be trying to do everything. You know, I'm me. I always put too much on my plate and then try to stuff it all in my face at one time. Thank you for joining me today and have a great day.